you are now entering the Cloud Controller Audio Blog, a blog designed to help small business owners better understand the everyday complexities of small business finance. Now, introducing your host out of Omaha, Nebraska, weighing in at 185 pounds, a height not over six feet tall, entrepreneur, number nerd, small business lover, and diehard Chicago Cubs fan, Sean Meyer. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Cloud Controller Inc. audio blog. In today's blog, we will be discussing self-employment tax. The author's excerpt, before I get into it here, uh, you'll probably hear me get a, a little overexcited at times during this blog, especially excitement that you don't anticipate when talking about tax of any kind. But self-employment tax is one area of tax. I, mean, I feel strong about many areas of tax, I guess, but self-employment tax is something I really try and stress on. It appears that a lot of people aren't aware of this until after their first year of self-employment, which I have done plenty of tax turns for first-time individuals who have self-employment tax or self-employment income, and they're not aware of the self-employment tax. So every year I see it's, it's way too common uh, that they don't plan for this additional tax and they end up owing a lot of money at year end which at the end of the day, it's the same amount of tax you owe throughout the year or at year end, but it does hurt to pay this whole tax amount at year end when you're not anticipating it. So I will probably be going into some depth here uh, after reading through the blog before I, I read this audio blog. I wish I would have wrote a longer post on it. I had written this initial blog in April of 2016, but I will stress on some key points here, and I just want to let everybody know the importance of self-employment tax, especially if you're in your first year of self-employment or thinking about self-employment. Uh, anything past that, you probably already witnessed what self-employment tax will do, but if you're in those initial stages, beginning stages, please pay attention to this blog. It's going to be very important, very beneficial for you to understand self-employment tax, and it can really uh, really save you a headache at year end here. So we'll jump right in and begin to learn about self-employment tax. Uh, depending on your business structure, self-employment tax can be a big surprise at year end. An overview of self-employment tax. Self-employment tax is imposed on net self-employment earnings and is equivalent to Federal Insurance Contributions Act, also known as FICA, tax withheld from most wage earners. Many misunderstand this tax and view it as an additional tax for being self-employed, while in reality it's simply bringing a self-employed individual to a level playing ground with W-2 employees. What most don't understand is that 6.2% of your wages, up to $118,500, are paid to Social Security, and 1.45% of all wages is remitted to Medicare. This is something that an employee rarely ever handles, even at tax time, and is often overlooked due to this. The difference between self-employment tax and amounts paid by employees is the fact that employees are responsible for the other employers are responsible for the other half of the bill on employee wages, where self-employment earnings are subject to the full amount. When you are both business and individual, you have to pay the full amount. So recapping on that first or opening paragraph, when you're an employee, you pay, you still pay, 
and via FICA tax. So many don't understand this because it's not, you don't have to file a tax return on it. You don't have to pay it yourself. Your employer will withhold it and pay it for you, deposit it for you. But 15.3% of your wages are subject to Social Security and Medicare tax, which is lumped together known as the FICA tax. And your employer will pay half of this while you pay the other half. When you're self-employed, obviously there's no employer to pay half of that for you, so you are liable for the full amount then, which equals to 15.3%. Uh, you do get an adjustment, which I'll talk about once we get into it here, but for I mean that can really add up to be a huge additional tax liability on a taxpayer. Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, you're still paying equivalent or close to the same amount. You are paying a little bit more when you're the business and individual. But the big shock is when you don't plan for it and you get the tax bill at year end. It does, they do capture this on your income tax return for self-employment tax. So that's where most will catch this is tax time in the first four months of the following year. And I think it's important to plan for this so you at least know the percentages and you can make your quarterly tax deposits. But that's, that's our overview of self-employment tax, just to let you know what we're getting into here. I'll go into a little bit more detail as we get through the blog, but I just wanted to start us off. I didn't know if anybody, or if everybody was aware of self-employment tax or what level of knowledge uh, everybody had on this tax. So that's the opening base for us, and we'll jump back in here. So who is subject to self-employment tax? In general, anybody who receives self-employment income is subject to this tax. Depending on the way your business is organized, incorporated, or operates will decipher if you are considered self-employed. Uh, please refer to our article, Are My Subject to Self-Employment Tax, for further explanation on this. For Just for the purposes of this audio blog, if you, so if you're an S-corporation, you pay yourself a paycheck, even if you're the 100% shareholder, you're still an employee shareholder, you have to pay yourself a paycheck. When you pay yourself a paycheck, you pay yourself as a normal employee, so the FICA tax gets taken out this way, whereas your corporation still pays half of it, and then you as an employee with your paycheck pay the other half. And I say as a corporation, this would be the same way with the C corporation. So if you're organized as a corporation, you have to pay yourself as a W-2 employee. Then it's going to capture it that way. You don't have much to worry about from a... Um, depositing and making sure you're on track for the tax liability on this. Uh, one catch-all with that is if you're an S-corporation and you you take a distribution at your end, you want to make sure that you the distribution isn't disproportionate to what you paid yourself during the year. The IRS does require you to pay yourself a reasonable amount of W-2 wage for this reason, so they are getting their fair share of FICA tax because the distributions, they are not subject to this, but the IRS, if they see you paid yourself $20,000, but then you took a distribution of $50,000 a year in. They're going to reconstruct some of that, so you have to pay uh, FICA tax on it as if it came out as a paycheck. But the big, if you're a partnership or if you're self-employed, then this tax really can, will impact your tax return at year end. Partnerships, if you're a general partner or if you're a material participant, all of your income the pro rata share that comes to you is subject to self-employment tax. So if you if your partnership's making decent money, that can really impact you. Or if you're self-employed, sole proprietor, 
in general. So if you have your own contracting business, you're not incorporated, you just you go out and you do handyman work, you're still self-employed, and this is going to impact you also directly on all of your net profit there. So a couple considerations there, but for the most part, if you're self-employed, you're going to have to worry about this tax. Like I said, if you're paying yourself a W-2 wage or a paycheck still, so if you're a corporation, then you don't have to worry about this as much. You still There is still a couple factors to consider, but that's a quick overview breakdown of who is subject to this tax. So jumping back into the blog here, how is self-employment tax calculated? In 2015, self-employment tax was 15.3% of income, which 12.4% of that was for Social Security tax, and then 2.9% of that was for Medicare tax on your net self-employment earnings. Net self-employment earnings are defined as 94% of net profit. For example, if you made $100,000 net profit in 2015, your net profit subject to self-employment earnings would be 94000 uh, to further explain this, if you further multiply this by 15.3%, you would create a total self-employment tax of $14,382. Another important thing, and this, this does get confused if you have two spouses who are both self-employed, have their own contracting, handyman business, anything of that nature, you want to remember that net profit does consist of all self-employed ventures for each individual. Uh, so if you have one or more self-employed venture for one person, the net profit or loss from all sources must be combined to ensure proper calculation. So if that one service contracting work, uh, you'll say you do cement work, that makes a $100,000 net profit. You have another source of income where you sell, we'll say you sell tomatoes on the side. You're a gardener and you sell just to get rid of your excess and you make a thousand dollars on that then you're gonna have a hundred one thousand dollars of net profit and then you have another business you just started this year as another source of income you had a thousand dollar loss that's gonna take you back down to one hundred one thousand or a hundred thousand can't remember what our first example was for the net profit but they all net together so you gotta remember that um, it for the most part will net out to be the same, but if you do have losses, it can it can have impact, a positive impact for you, I guess, on when it comes to tax time anyway. So that's important to remember that all self-employment earnings are combined together to calculate this tax. And as I mentioned, it's also important to remember that this applies to each taxpayer's employment income, that that is separate. So in other words, a spouse's loss on self-employment. So again, if you have a $102,000 net profit from your sources of self, you do their own, uh, we can say uh, they're starting a siding business, have a $100,000 net profit. That doesn't net out to $96,000 for the amount subject to self-employment tax. You still would be subject to the full amount of your net profit. Your spouse would just, they wouldn't have any self-employment tax on that $4,000 loss. And they have a couple other things that they could do with their side of it. But you can't net the two together, either, even if you are married filing joint. DIRS has clearly stated that you have to keep the self-employment portion of self-employment tax calculation separate. Uh, so this calculation is in place for net self-employment earnings up to $118,500. Like Social Security wages for an employee, Social Security tax is no longer applicable if wages exceed $118,500.
Medicare tax does not have a limit and a 2.9% would be subject to all net earnings. If net self-employment earnings exceed $118,500, self-employment tax would be calculated as 2.9% of that figure plus $14,694, which calculates for this, the Social Security portion of that tax. So, again, it's they only, the IRS does have limits on the amount of withholdings that they take for Social Security, and that is up to $118,500. So if you have net profits over that, you're going to be, you don't have to pay Social Security wages anymore, which is a plus if you're a high income earner for that. That way you don't have to worry about, I mean, that is obviously the 12.4%. That, that makes a uh, material difference, but Medicare tax does not have a limit. So no matter what, you're going to pay 2.9%. Of all those earnings, uh, whether you know it could be eighty thousand or it could be one hundred eighty thousand, it's still going to be two point nine percent of that number. Social Security wages, on the other hand, if it's eighty thousand, you're paying the full amount. If it's one hundred eighty thousand, you have some you have income that you're not paying Social Security wages on. That's the same for self-employment tax and for Social Security the FICA tax if you're an employee where that caps at $118,500. So to make it fair for everybody, they did the same with self-employment tax. And if you have both wage income and self-employment income, this is starting to become a little bit more popular uh, with kind of ease of a, I guess <laughs> they call it side hustle. But if you're an employee and then you come home at night, you don't have anything else going on, you jump on websites where you can freelance, like an Upwork and that. A lot of, it seems like millennials are attracted more towards this, but they're doing a side business and on nights and weekends. So that'll create both wage or W-2 employee income and self-employment income. It's important to remember that the wage income is subject to FICA tax first. Any remaining amount allowed will be taken from net self-employment earnings. So if you're a W-2 employee, you make $100,000 for the wage and then you make $30,000 on a side business. Well, the $100,000 for your W-2 wages is going to be subject to the FICA, and then the first $18,500 from your self-employment will be subject to the self-employment tax for FICA, so the 12.4%. And again, it's important to remember that no matter what, the 2.9% portion of it for the Medicare tax will always be applicable for you. Um, this that, that can be helpful if you do have wage income and self-employment income. That's a nice revision that they put in there to have the wage income subject first because that is where the employer will pay half of it. So you can save yourself a sizable amount, I mean, depending on how much you make from your side business. But you can really save yourself some money uh, if you have that wage income first. It takes up, eats up a lot of the FICA tax for the self-employment earnings because you're having the employer pay half of it. So that's obviously saving you half of that. Um, so that is a nice revision, something to remember there. And then the last consideration is the additional Medicare tax. And this additional Medicare tax is also subject to everybody, not just self-employed individuals. But if there are an additional amount of 0.9%, which is under 1%, 0.9%, is applied to self-employment earnings that exceed 200000 if you're a single, qualifying widow, or head of household, 250000 if you're married filing jointly, and 125000 for married filing separately. Um, if, you do, or if you are subject to additional Medicare tax, you have to use Form 8959 to get the exact calculations. But again, that is an excess of what you are already paying. 
So it's going to net out um, past 118500 So you're not going to be paying Social Security tax when this additional Medicare tax kicks in. But it is it does impact you. And that is oftentimes where if you're an employee, your employer, they are supposed to withhold it. But it does, it does throw off the withholding allocation. It is hard to base, if, especially if your W-4 is not properly filled out. This is where a lot of times the higher income earners will see themselves subject to a, or have a tax liability at your end. Um, that's just because a lot of times it's the additional Medicare tax. And this could be surprising to a lot if they've never had to pay in or anything. And this year they got a really good job. Um, they're getting paid. You know, If you're single over $200,000, it's a very good income. And they don't plan for that. And 0.9% doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you're talking... I don't know, you know, you're talking $20,000, it adds up, it can add up. So that's another consideration, and that is for both self-employed and employees, but the additional Medicare tax is in place, and that can make a material difference if you're a high-income earner. Um, so those limits are something to watch out for also. Where does self-employment tax show on my tax return? If your net self-employment earnings are more than $434, you must file a Schedule SE which is scheduled self-employment tax, unless an optional method is used, which I will discuss next. From there, it will show on page 2, line 57 of your form 1040. And really, the Schedule SC is just a separate breakdown to show the amount that you are liable for for self-employment tax. You'll see that on, like I said, page 2, line 57. But you will also see half of that amount as an adjustment on page one so you'll have your gross income and your adjustments under that and it'll take away half the self-employment tax as an adjustment for your taxable income um, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't cut your your liability in half for that because you got to remember that that's an above the line so it's just an adjustment to your taxable income whereas the full tax liability has already been in place on the second page but it does help. It does minimize your taxable income, your income tax a little bit. I think once you apply half or you take away half that self-employment tax as an adjustment to your income, I think it nets out to be 14.4% is the net effect on that. I can't remember exactly. I know it's around the 14%. But So it does help out. It does provide a little bit of relief, but it's still it's not like it's taken away half of the the full amount, it's just taking half the amount and applying that, taking away from your taxable income. Um, so jumping into the optional methods here, taxpayers with a self-employment loss or small earnings may be subject to a break on self-employment tax. There are two different optional methods, non-farm optional method and farm optional method. The qualifications for both are as follows. First, the non-farm optional method you must be self-employed on a consistent basis. This is measured by having net self-employment earnings of $400 or more in two of the previous three years. For 2015, net non-farm profits must be less than $5,284 and less than 72.189% of gross non-farm income. Last but not least, this method can only be used for five years in a lifetime and those years do not have to be consecutive. So it doesn't have to be five consecutive years. 
it could be you could use once in 2010, once in 2016, once in 2022. Yeah, you get the point there. And the other method is known as the farm optional method. And the only requirement for that is that, well, in 2015, it was gross, gross farm income must be $7,320 or less, or net farm profits were $5,284 or less. That's the only requirement for the farm optional method. Again, small business owners, you're not going to be dealing a lot with farm income unless I, I have seen a couple clients where they have a trucking company and then just says side income, whether it be inherited or something they start on their own. They do have farming income. So that's something that would, would uh, apply to you. But for the most part, you're not going to see a lot of small business owners with farm income unless you are either a farmer or you have that side farm income and farming income is a little different in general. I mean, it's a small business to an extent, but farming's kind of a whole different, uh, another different animal there. So that would be something you want to specialize in a little more, look a little bit more in a niche for the farm method. But that is the two other optional methods for the self-employment tax on how to calculate that. And if you did qualify for either optional method, you compute the new amount using part two of schedule E. And again, that could, that could help you out with the self-employment tax. It doesn't mean it's going to, but it, it will likely benefit you. So if you do qualify for the optional method, you, that is something to consider. And again, especially with the non-farm optional method, you want to consider the, or to remember that you can only use this for five years. So you want to make sure you're getting the, the best bang for your buck there. And again, are there any deductions I can use to minimize this? I guess I'd accidentally covered this already, but all operating deductions should be used prior to calculating net self-employment tax. In addition, one half of the total computed self-employment tax is allowed as an adjustment from adjusted gross income. The full self-employment tax will still be shown on line 57 while half of this will be shown on line 27 as an adjustment from total income. This adjustment is looked at as the employer equivalent portion and is put in place to relieve some tax liability on personal AGI or adjusted gross income. The one exception to this rule is that a self-employed taxpayer cannot deduct one half of the amount that relates to additional Medicare tax. So if you do have that additional Medicare tax, that 0.9% I talked about earlier, you do not get relief from half of that. But for your normal self-employment tax for the FICA, for the Social Security and Medicare, you do get to use half of that total liability as an adjustment to income. Again, half of that liability does not mean that you're saving yourself half of the tax. It's just, it's letting you take half the tax and using that as an adjustment from your income. So your taxable income is lower from an income tax standpoint, but it's still not going to uh, come even close to half of the 15.3%. As I mentioned, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I believe that gives an effective tax rate of 14.4% after the adjustment. So it does provide some relief, but definitely nothing to the extent of. Uh, the similar of an employer paying half of your FICA tax for you. So the, a recap, the final comments here. While self-employment tax is not liked by entrepreneurs, it is put in place to ensure everybody is paying their fair share of FICA tax. This tax is not to be taken lightly as many 
areas any underestimates or non-payments can have a negative effect down the road. For example, if you underestimate any self-employment earnings and it is discovered later, repercussions such as Social Security benefits being reduced at retirement may occur. That is very important to remember. You don't want to do something now that's really going to hurt you down the road. Uh, any underestimate right now and if you, when you retire, you start to gain Social Security, if it's discovered that you underpaid, you're not going to get or you could be penalized for your Social Security benefits then. Um, that's going to be that could be very detrimental. Obviously, when you're reaching that age, Social Security is important for your retirement. So, I advise avoiding any problems down the road. It's never fun to pay for something down the road that you did 20 years ago. So, always make sure that this is calculated properly. Uh, that you're paying the right amount. I know it's never fun to pay that additional tax, but it is something that uh, you do have to pay, obviously. And it's not like it's a penalty for being an entrepreneur. It's just the IRS's way of still collecting this tax because they don't have a way to collect FICA if you're not paying yourself a paycheck as what they, they as they can when you're an employee and you're getting paid a paycheck. So again, self-employment tax, something that if you are looking to be self-employed or you're in the initial stages of being self-employed, please look into self-employment tax. This is just a, a vague overview enough for you to understand self-employment tax and to be aware of it. It can create a very large additional tax liability for you. Even if you make a small net profit, let's say $20,000, it's going to impact your tax liability at your end. If you're used to getting a refund and you go in there, you, uh, you have the self-employment tax hit you and you now have to pay in $3,000. That's never a fun number to see. And it's unfortunately one that I see, I've, I've seen a lot more often than not. Not many are warned about self-employment tax until they run into it. So it's something to please consider when you're uh, when you're getting started in this. Like I said, not all self-employed individuals are subject to this, and really the one exception is if you're a corporation that pays yourself uh, through a W-2 wage, so you, you pay FICA tax that way. You don't have to worry about paying the self-employment tax then. Whereas if you're in a partnership or sole proprietorship, you don't pay yourself a W-2 wage. You can't pay yourself a W-2 wage, but so you're subject to self-employment tax on every net profit that is allocated to you. If you're a sole proprietorship, obviously that's going to be all of the net profit. If you're a partner, let's if you you know if you're a 30% partner, only 30% of the net profit is allocated to you. So that's what you're going to be liable for on self-employment income. Hopefully. The, you get paid this full amount. I know there are some situations where a partnership, they'll make so much money, but their cash flow is tight, whether it be being applied to debt payments or anything of that nature, and they can't pay the partners the full amount of their pro rata income. So that makes them pay a lot of additional tax when they're not actually receiving the funds, and that's never fun to run into either. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen to you, but I have seen it happen uh, fairly common, so it uh, it definitely can occur. So again, self-employment tax, please be aware of this. If you are entering the field of self-employment, whether it be a full-time job or a side business, both are subject to this tax and something that will impact your tax liability at your end. 
And that is it for this audio blog. I thank you again for joining us. Please check out our blog for further information. Until next time, take care.